The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. My friends are degenerate. is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. Welcome back to The Blitz. That's Josh Jordan. I'm Jerry Bow And Aaron, behind the glass, keeping us in check for the next few hours, we're going to go straight to the HRP listener line because you guys want to talk Astros, and that's what we're here for. It's your show. Chris, let us have it. Yeah, I am a strong uh, Houston fan, Houston Astros, Rockets, Oilers, and, yeah, still the Texans. You know, all about this cheating and everything. Here's my deal. I went to the parade. I've got a Ziploc bag full of the confetti they shot out of those cannons. That happened. We're World Series champions, and Yankees, Red Sox, everybody else can suck it. End of story. I like it. You can't take away that confetti. Yeah. That confetti goes nowhere. I think – and I hate to even use that, but a lot of people in Houston know that what we were living at that time with, you know, with the hurricane. And a lot of people watch that. I know if you're out there listening right now, some people watch that in empty houses. Some people had to watch that in the hotels that they were given because their houses were, had gotten flooded. Okay, let's think about where we were as a city. And I think that at that point, they gave us hope that, you know what, things aren't so bad right now. They did it. You, you sat for that. I'll never forget. I stood up and I looked at my wife and it was a moment of, of silence for a few seconds because you just thought, oh, my God, they did it. They did it. And, and then what we were living at that point, it was it was just it was almost justice to you. You know, in your heart, you felt, you know what? Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Astros. And I think that that's why you ride so hard for them now when somebody even mentions it at them. You buck your chest. You come out and you feel like, man, I got to defend them. These are my boys. I got to do it. Okay, yes, they cheated. Let's get past this. They're good. Ball- You're telling me they're not good ball players. You're telling me that that's the only reason? Trash cans? Yes, I, I look at it and I think of it seeing some grown men, especially an athlete making that kind of money, sitting around a trash can, being like, all right, ready? <laughs> you know, <laughs> do you hear that? And then the other people relaying it to them. It just, just the whole thought of that, yeah, it's a little cringe. Right, but you're gonna tell me that Apple watches and doing this and having people in the outfield. This is all a, an edge. You know what the the Patriots did? They've cheated. You know what they've gotten comp- uh, repeatedly doing? Filming other teams. You know why we don't talk about them? Because they continued to win. So whenever you wanted to say, well, that's the reason. That's the reason. They punched you in the mouth again, and they said, no, we're just a good team. Did we have an edge? Perhaps. Yeah. But we're a better team. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? I mean, the, the Pats ended up what with six Super Bowls with Brady. So a lot of people point to the oh, it, it, what they think maybe the Astros was more of a fluke because that was their first championship was with the scandal. But with the Patriots, they're like, oh, well, well, they always win. So if they cheated, it doesn't matter as much. But we can go back. There was rumors about them what taping the Rams in their walkthrough, and that was their their first Super Bowl, right? So it goes all the way back. But then they just were recently caught again. So why are they you were. taping? Why are you taping the Bengals and the the Deflate Gate thing with Brady and the footballs? I mean, and numerous games that somebody said, "Hey, the Colts were saying, hey, that ball feels a little funny." Yep. Like these are professional players that you think a quarterback doesn't know what a ball feels like. He's thrown it. He throws that ball his whole life. Something was funny there. 
But what happened? That they kept winning. So as much as you wanted a dog on them, it'd be like, okay. And then Brady goes on those FU tours. Okay, you're going to suspend me some? You're going to do this to me? Just wait till I get back and I'm going to rub your face in it. Like a dog that pees, they rub their face in it. That's what they did to us. You love to hate on him. You loved it. And then all of a sudden he would get you again. If the Astros could... If the Astros would have won that other the, 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 against the Nationals, you yeah. know, if they would have won, then it would have been like, okay, now we got a little more ground. Now you got a little more ground. What's up? You make it into a you 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 had you needed that consistency, and and they've been there. They're consistent. They're a good team. They're making their runs, but you need them to to have more than one title, I guess, to really shrug it off your back and say, obviously, it's not that. There's part of that, but don't you think even if they had one in nineteen that. Yankees fans would be like, oh, they were still cheating. It's just they were using a different way to cheat, and we weren't able to catch them. You know what I mean? I, I feel like that would be the narrative. Or how about what Lamont says here? Let's look at this another way. With what we know about the Yankee mysterious letter, let's say the Yankees beat the Astros and went on to beat the Dodgers. Would the Earth be calling the pinstripe cheaters right now? Of course not. Of course not. No. That, that's why that letter is probably never going to get opened. Or do they, let's say it wasn't the Astros and then it goes that way. Do they even make an example of the Yankees? I think that that's the thing. They, it was easy to find the scapegoat. And do the Astros deserve it? Yes. I, I'm getting a lot of people right now on the text line saying they're cheaters. They deserve it. Yes, they do. But then also, if it's the Yankees, for example, let it be let it be another fan base. Let it be the Mariners. Like, let a Mariner fan run up on me and tell me I'm a cheater. It still hurts. You say, okay. Well, catch this, catch this home run, you know, to your fans. But whenever you got the Yankees fans up there and, and, and doing this number and the way they're acting, well, all right. It, it, I think it's, it's more than just the cheating. It's the way that they lost. If they, okay, say the Astros cheated, got caught, but then they were losing those series to them, would, they, would it be a big deal? Would those fans have been out there this series acting like it was October? No, because they would have been like, man, they cheated and they lost. Who cares? It's the fact that they lost. They lost, they lost, and they're not, using, they're not used to losing to the little guy. They're, that's what it is. They're they, they're like there has to be something to explain that the Astros beat the Yankees. It couldn't be that they just beat them. There, there has to be a reason. They had to have cheated. And my other thing too is if you remember that series when it when it was actually the World Series in 2017 and the Astros were playing the Dodgers. Do you remember when Lance McCullers was pitching and Brian McCann? would come out to the pitcher's mound to talk to McCullers when there was a guy on second base, almost like every other pitch. Why do you think they were doing that? Because they knew their signs were getting picked off too. You, you don't do that every other pitch unless you're worried. And they even talked about that. So it goes both ways. But look, the Astros got caught. That's it. You know, if you get caught, you get caught. You're going you're gonna to have to pay the price. Show consistency. Yeah. That's all you have to do. Show consistency. The show that it had really nothing to do with that. Was it an edge? Like the Patriots. Yeah. What do we do now? Whenever we talk about Brady years from now, yeah, it's going to come up some of those. But he's done so much that that's, that's like the, the fourth, fifth paragraph. Yeah. You know? Especially now that he's won one without Belichick and the Patriots you know, cheating ways. He won one in Tampa. So you, know, you, you spoke about consistency. Before we uh, went to this segment here, we talked about – the Aaron Rodgers stuff and, and how it how does it relate to Deshaun Watson? Is there a comparison there? What did you mean by that? What were you talking about? Just, you know, we heard everything that's been going on within the last few weeks. Come to find out, Adam Schefter says that he's been, it, this wasn't like groundbreaking news. He broke it on the day of the draft. But basically, it's a whole compilation of everything that he said that's been going on this entire summer. Ever since that last game. Where the fourth down that they didn't go for it. We know how the Packers season ended, especially for us that bet it. This is nothing new. It dropped 
a lot of people are mad at Adam Schefter for saying you try to take the limelight on the on, on draft day from a bunch of kids that are about to have their one day. Why did you feel necessary to drop it on that day? Did you get word from confirmation from someone? And he straight up said, no, this is I, nothing new came to me. I just decided, you know what, I'm going to drop it today. That's just I don't like that, you know, because it, to me it made it seem, well, maybe there's going to be a trade coming up. You know? Right. Maybe someone's going to make a move. To be fair, he works for ESPN. It's very possible that that news was going to drop, whether it came through Schefter or not that day, because Aaron Rodgers wanted it out there. I've heard that being reported. That's part of it. And to your point, ESPN wants ratings. Thinking that an Aaron Rodgers trade might happen in the first round, that probably helped their ratings for ESPN and NFL Network. That's a big story. And they're in it to make money. So if they think that's going to draw more interest in the draft, you know, I can't blame them for that. It is a business. But you're right. It is, you know, Pro Football Talk did a thing on it earlier today saying that, that like, they don't think it's right that Schefter sat on this for so long and decided to put it out draft day. You know, Florio felt like you should get that out there if you have two sources immediately that you shouldn't sit on it. That was his opinion. But, you know, obviously Schefter felt differently and that's how he decided to do it but we've also heard this has been going on now we have reports that Aaron Rodgers was talking to potential free agents that were thinking about going to Green Bay and ever since they drafted a quarterback in the first round last year Rodgers has been telling people and his teammates don't come here because you think I'm going to be here that's tough to for yeah. a team or for a player to do that to your team a player of that stature that that attracts people to come to your organization it's like a it's like a restaurant, and then you have a an employee that's, that's that's pissed off at you, right? And the employee, every day they get off, they go outside and they tell everyone, "Hey, there's roaches in there." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're sitting right next to the to the host, to the hostess, saying, "Hey, a table for four? Yeah, close to the roach section." <laughs> you know, you can't have that inside your building. Nope. And it's 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 push and shove. It's push and shove right now. Who gets their point across? Because it's easy to say, "All right, Rogers, make a move." There's a lot of money tied to this. Rogers around, and, and, and I'll give you the exact number, but just call it around 30. After it's all said and done, if he was to never play there and, and, and take his other route, there's money that, that could be asked to come back. You think like 30 mil? Is that what you're saying? Total, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's a lot of money to get back. Yeah, there's, uh, once you start adding it up, and I'll give you the exact numbers, but there's a lot of money going back and forth that say he's been paid already ahead of time. He yeah. would have to return a 6.5 and then all of a sudden give up. He's he, he's technically for three more years, but they could be do away with him after this season. Yeah, I think all the guaranteed money has basically been paid out, to your point. So th- that is something to consider. And, you know, Brett Favre said, you know, Aaron's not messing around. He's serious. Now, think back of Brett Favre and the way the way his situation went down. And now he's come out and said, he's admitted, I messed up. I should have went different about that. The way, let's think back that Brett Favre showed up to a training camp that he wasn't even supposed to be in after he had already said he was done. He showed up over there asking, once he showed up, they needed to pay him money. You know, that's Brett Favre didn't leave just on a, he didn't ride off into the sunset. Think about that. This man ended up on the Jets. Yeah, they, they, that's what Brett Favre did. He didn't go out peacefully and quietly. No, and he had Ed Werder like camped out in his front yard like, <laughs> oh, for the entire summer. That's wild. That's another <laughs> lifetime ago. Yeah. I remember that. But you think back and you say, how is this going to pan out? Where is the advantages of this? Because as far as Rodgers, as long as the GM is still there, he doesn't want to play there. Now you're hearing, though, just 
I'm going to say rumors, but a lot of it has to have some kind of ground. And to hear that Rodgers is mad because, for example, one of the things that, that, that really pushed him over the top is because they cut Je- uh, Jake Cumro. Yeah. Like, a lot of people listening right now are saying, who? Exactly. <laughs> who? Jake Cumro, a wide receiver that he thought, man, this could be the guy. Uh, well, they cut him. And supposedly that didn't sit right with 12. 12 said, why would y'all make that decision without going through me? I literally told you. And that's where I want to throw into Deshaun Watson. What's the difference here? Because Watson wanted power. He wanted say. He wanted something, a hand in the front office. Personnel decisions. So whenever, let's say, let's think of a time when Watson came out and, and put his foot forward for, for one Will Fuller. And he said, yeah, Will Fuller's going to be here. I remember thinking that day, what? Yeah. Like, what? This guy coming off his first year, and this is before the PED. This is this is before we even knew why he was doing so good. And all of a sudden, you give that kind of power to Watson, say everything would have went just how Watson wanted, Fuller would be here. He w- yeah, I think he said it'll be hell if you get rid of Fuller. <laughs> but But guess why? Because he had to sit through and watch Bill O'Brien trade away his best receiver and DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of nothing. You know, I bet he wouldn't have been so vocal and upset if he hadn't hadn't seen some stupid decisions being made over and over and over again. I think he felt like he had to step in. What's the difference between Rodgers and Watson? Should they both be living up to their contracts? Is there a difference between what Rodgers has accomplished to as where Watson stands right now? 713-780-3776. Tell me if there's a difference. If there's not, should Rodgers get back out there? Should we give Rodgers the same smoke that we give Watson and say, you know what? Put on your big boy pants. Put on that helmet and go play ball. This is The Blitz, ESPN 97.5. Listening to the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. I don't know how I can explain that in a cooler and more doper fashion. Don't get it twisted. This rush is my mother. What you heard, it's what you hearing, it's what you hearing, listen, it's what you hearing, listen, it's what you hearing, listen. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. Welcome back to the Blitz, where it's Team Moneyline, and we got to give it to you like we do every single Sunday. If you're not familiar with us, we are on from 10 to noon every single Sunday, giving you all the latest in the sports world, from gambling to fantasy picks to, you hear a little bit of funnies in between. We keep the uh, the motto of the overall of the station, sports and stuff. That's what we try to do. We try to keep it live. and Hopefully you like what you hear. Again, check us out every single Sunday. That's Josh Jordan. I'm Jerry Bonos with a Z. What's the difference between Watson and Rogers? Todd, you're up there first. What's going on? What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Pretty good, man. Go ahead. Tell us what the difference is. There a difference? Does Watson have something to say as far as Rogers? Hey, we're the same guy. Uh, I mean, there, there's a lot of similarities, yes. And I, I really think before all of this uh, stuff with Watson happened. He had a lot more leverage, you know. At one point, they were talking about, you know, only taking four first-round picks for him, you know. I mean, what they wouldn't do now to have that. But 
Rodgers has Super Bowl ring. Rodgers wins playoff games, not just the first half of playoff games. Roger was the MVP last year. Watson tried to get the MVP massage. It didn't work out well for him. Uh, but it's night and day. Uh, the difference. One's very proven. I mean, yes, he's later in his career, but when you're going to buy a quarterback to try to go chase a ring, you don't, you're not trying to build a franchise off of him. You want an elite quarterback for those few years. And, uh, also real quick, I don't know if y'all, y'all saw the tweet or not the Arizona Cardinals put out, uh, on day three of the draft. They said, uh, we don't have a fourth-round pick. We have DeAndre Hopkins. And that goes back to, like you said, the horrible decisions that Bill O'Brien made. A fourth-round pick, DeAndre Hopkins. I'm in agreement with Todd. Yeah, good call, Todd. I'm in agreement with him. Does the, the resume speaks, right? You, 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 you say, well, has he earned the right? Damn well he has. He's won a title. But when you look at the overall picture, when, when we look back at Rodgers and we say, there's a big one and four in, in those NFC title games. I'll tell you that much. I'll tell you that much. That, that's got to hold its own weight in its own. I know we would give Rodgers a lot of credit. Go look at that NFC title record and tell me where he stands. So you ask yourself, has he earned it to that extent to where he can challenge the front office? Is there a difference? What if the Green Bay Packers got rid of Devontae Adams as Hopkins was shipped out of town? How does Rodgers act then? For David Johnson. Like, what, what would <laughs> yeah. Rodgers do then? Think about that, Aaron. What would you think, if he's acting this way now, if he woke up and said, Devontae Adams is gone, what would happen now? Well, that's the thing, is that, I mean, Rodgers has had guys to throw to. It's not like, because like, there have been years where Tom Brady has run out there in New England with homeless guys. I mean, look at the Texans receiving core last year. Watson had a bunch of homeless guys and a roid user, basically, to throw to. Brandon Cooks, eh, if you want to count them. But... Rodgers has always had at least a wide receiver one to throw to. And if you, this is my thing with athletes and with QBs who say, well, I'm worth the biggest money in the world because I'm the best player in the world. I get it. You got to have that attitude when you look yourself in the mirror because the second you start questioning yourself, that's when you lose. But if you really are that great, you need to be able to go out there and win. And you need to be able to, you know what? You take it on the chin, you keep going. If they trade your favorite guy, well, that sucks. But unless you are doing something that actually guarantees you a say in your team, unless it's in your contract or unless you actually have... This is the problem also. Patrick pointed it out yesterday. Packers don't have one owner. They're a fan-held team. It's not like, you know, you go down to Cal McNair's office and go, what the hell did you just let my coach do? Which Watson should have done that. Probably should have been more public about, you know, instead of, Oh, well, I've always got Bill O'Brien's back. You're an idiot for that, first of all. But there is nobody that Aaron Rodgers can just march down to except for the GM, who he reportedly hates. But if you're that good and you want to you want to say, oh, I'm worth a million dollars more than any other guy on the market, well, go out there and earn it. Go out there and play like it. And how many MVPs? He's done it. He has. I think part of it is, is when these guys get a little later in their careers – Maybe they can't cover up as much. You know what I mean? And I think that's what Brady saw. Like, hey, there's no talent around here anymore. Everybody thinks I stink. And then he goes to the Bucks and wins a Super Bowl. But what's crazy about it is we've seen how the Packers draft. They're not drafting to help Rodgers. And then he comes out and gets MVP. Yeah. When do you see an MVP? It it's almost like no matter what happened last season, he was going to feel a certain type of weight. 
no no matter what, unless they literally went out there. And then that's why he's so mad that they're getting that they got rid of Kumro. He said, the only things that you've gotten me, the only things that you've done to help me outside of drafting my replacement with the first pick last season, that's what you're going to do to me? That's what did it. That that is that is the straw that broke the camel's back right there. Because earlier in his career, he had you know Randall Cobb when he was actually good, not like he is with the Houston Texans. Sorry, Randall. I don't even remember just, that yeah, Randall Cobb. You know Jordy Nelson. I mean, that, those were a couple really nice receivers to throw to. But okay, I think it all does come down to Jordan Love being drafted yes. with the first pick. And sorry, they did it to Brett Favre in drafting you. Guess what? That zebras don't change their stripes. You should have known. Eventually, they're going to see that. Father Time is undefeated against me, and they're going to take my replacement at some point. At that point, you put your pride aside and you say, you know what? Okay, cool. I'm going to get as much as—I'm going to squeeze every last ounce of juice I can and put it on the field. Cool. Now, even with the drafting of Love, what if they had the same success that the Steelers had drafting wide receivers in late rounds? If they were able to pick up guys like Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown, guys who were later on in the draft, not first-round draft picks by, you know— conventional standards but then go on the field and perform like first round draft picks and they've done some of that you know I, I think Jordy Nelson was a second round pick uh, I know Devontae Adams was a second round pick so they do they're not full of a bunch of fifth round receivers you know they'll still go get you some talent but these guys aren't first rounders and it's been a while it's been a while and I think the one thing we haven't gotten to to put a big bow on this is we're seeing a lot of quarterbacks realizing their value realizing that they kind they can kind of flex in in, in push their way into the things they want. We saw it with Russell Wilson, unhappy with the way things were going with the Seahawks. We saw it with Deshaun Watson. We're seeing it now with Aaron Rodgers. But what's the common theme to all this? It's Tom Brady. They see this guy go to the Bucks, and he says, I want Antonio Brown. What do they do? They go get Antonio Brown. Uh, Leonard Fournette, I'd like him. Oh, they go sign Leonard Fournette. Hey, Gronk, could we bring him out of retirement? Do you still play football? Yeah, uh, why don't you come over and play with me? And then what did he do with all those guys? He went and won the Super Bowl. And he didn't just kind of fluky win, oh, no, I'm going to go to New Orleans and beat Drew Brees. Then I'm going to go to Lambeau and beat Aaron Rodgers. Chopping necks off. Yeah, and then I'm going to go to the Super Bowl and beat Patrick Mahomes. You too. Yeah, is that good enough? So all these other guys are seeing like, man, I— our front office, they don't know as much as they think they do. Look at Tom recruiting these guys. They all made a difference, and, and they won the Super Bowl. So they want what Tom has. But, A, they haven't earned what Tom has as far as seven Super Bowls now. But, B, they may not be wrong. You know, Tom made some smart pickups for the team. And, you know, maybe Deshaun and, and maybe Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson had some good ideas too, and they weren't getting listened to, but all because of Brady. Everything has changed. You know what they also have in common? Russell Wilson, he's had success already. He's had that taste in his mouth. Rodgers, he's had it. He's had that taste in his mouth. They know the more wasted years, the further I'm getting from that, I need to make my move now. Like you said, it's that Brady fever. Exactly seeing that he was able to go to a different franchise and make it work right off the top. He made it look like he was having fun. Remember they said that Brady's arm was dead? Yeah. Remember they were saying that? Talk to me about how he was hitting Scotty Miller right before halftime in stride 55 yards. That arm was never dead. What was dead was New England for him. He the, the, Before he even left, we heard of all the trouble that they'd have with his trainer coming in, the TB12 stuff, everything that came in. It was it was time. It was time. But that's just going to be something we're going to see going forward from veterans, veterans that say, 
it's time. It's time for me. I saw someone do it. I saw I saw Brady, but then now we're comparing ourselves to Tom Brady, which that in itself is trouble. Not everyone's going to play at that level at, at that age. Now my question is, will Rodgers? Well, go ahead. This is this is where I go back to putting your pride aside. Yes, they drafted your replacement. That sucks. How many replacements have they drafted in New England before Tom Brady threw up his hands and Garoppolo. walked out? He didn't. Yeah. He walked out when he knew I'm I'm not going to win here anymore. They can't put a team around me to win. And what it, you said it when he got to Tampa Bay. What did he start doing? Making calls, sending texts. Yep. Hey, come play with me. Come play with me. Aaron Rodgers, we now have a report that Aaron Rodgers was talking to players the day of free agency going, don't come to Green Bay. I'm not going to be here much longer. Are you out of your damn mind? If you are Aaron Rodgers, you're going, I'm a three-time MVP. All I, I can take any receiver who's out there on the open market and go, you know what? Take a one-year deal. We're coming off a pandemic where you know nobody's giving out major contracts anyways. Take a one-year deal. Come to Green Bay with me. It's going to be cold. It's going to hurt when you get hit. Let's go out there. Let's light this up. Let's win a Super Bowl, and then you go on and make your big money. I have the arm of a freaking cannon. I can still put the ball where I need to. I will make your stats look good. You will run off and get a big paycheck, and we'll probably get a ring out of it. But instead, he decided to go petty and go, hey, guys, uh, I know you want to come play with me. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm one of the best to ever play the game, but uh, I'm not going to be here much longer. Don't, Don't even bother returning the calls for the Packers. That's crazy. There's roaches in this restaurant. Yeah, exactly. Don't go eat in exactly. there. Yeah, don't eat in there. You can't do that to a certain point and then come back. And, okay, if he, that's why it's so stereotypical. Let's call it, I don't even know, because then he comes back and says, no, but I love the Green Bay fans. If you did, then you wouldn't be trying to hurt them by telling free agents not to come there. You know what I mean? To me, it's just, I don't know. It's, 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 it's starting to fit who people had said he was, a diva. I always didn't know. I didn't know enough. I just always thought, well, he kind of seems it, but you don't, you don't hear much. Maybe, maybe success hides some of it. But, again, I say one in four. Think about that. One in four in NFC Championship games. One in four, it's, it's not great. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, seriously. That, 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 how did he lose last season? When he left that field, he saw Brady celebrating on his field. Yeah. And I think this is part of it, too. Them taking the ball out of his hands. Like, that was big. And and knowing that I'm never going to get close to Tom Brady historically. He beat me at a much older age than me on my home field. I had a chance to win that game late. And we talked about this on Moneyline the other day. That might have been one of the most incredible come-from-behind victories for Aaron Rodgers. Because, remember, Brady jumped out to that huge lead. You know, hitting that touchdown right before halftime, and then Brady threw some interceptions in the second half. The Packers come storming back, and they fall just short. But if they would have won that game and then gone on and won the Super Bowl, think how you would view Aaron Rodgers now. You might have him over Peyton Manning because that would have been Rodgers' second Super Bowl. The narrative would have been completely different. It would have been that Tom Brady chokes it because he was throwing interceptions. He looked lost. It would have been Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest, if not the greatest. We'd be talking different right now. But, hey, it didn't happen. Brady got his. Once again, Rodgers is fighting. We got an hour and a half left on the show. I hope you like what you hear. This is Monday Line filling in for the Blitz, ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5.
This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. Welcome back to The Blitz. Catching up right here with the Twitch line. Everyone seems to agree as far as resume. Does, does, does Watson even deserve to be in the same conversation? Lamont says that he shouldn't even be mentioned in the same conversation as, as Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. He's maybe a tier below that. We've, we've talked about in the past about needing Watson to, to pass that, that, that stage that we've put him on. With Rodgers, like I said on Sunday, what he's been paid is for accomplishments already. What Watson was paid was hoping that the future was going to be X, that he could live up to that contract. And that's the difference. Rodgers, he's been paid money for accomplishments, things that we know. Uh, Watson, on the other hand, that's still in question. It was in hope. And then now that hope is is dwindling away. It, it was a based on potential. But here's also based on this, right, Jerry? Like, the Texans have never had like a, a real franchise quarterback. You know, you could say Matt Shaw, but not not a guy where you could feel like he could win an MVP like Deshaun. So for the Texans, of, of course they're going to do whatever they can to to lock down Deshaun. They've never had a true franchise quarterback before. So that made a lot of sense for them to take that shot. But, you know, I can't blame them for that. But obviously it didn't work out. It hadn't even been a year, and Deshaun already wants out. And that is big money. And I thought H-Down Lowdown, he tweeted into the show and, and said the difference between Brady and the others is how much less he gets paid. You know, Brady takes less so that he can put more talent around him. He's done that forever. I saw uh, Mike Mangini. Remember, he used to coach the Jets years Mm -hmm. ago, and he was on with, I think it was Cowherd or something like that. And he's like, man, he's like, even when I was with Tom in New England, way back in the day before Tom was a big deal, he's like, Tom was always like that, sharing with his teammates. He told a story that when Tom got his very first big-time commercial, I think it was for like Visa or something like that, Tom said, I'm not going to do it unless my offensive linemen are in the commercial with me. And remember, they ended up doing that commercial where they're all sitting down at a table for dinner and the offensive linemen all had their helmets on. That was Brady's first big commercial ever, and he insisted his offensive linemen were part of it. So he's always been that guy, and he's still that guy where you see he's taking less money to, yeah, let's bring Gronk back. Yeah, let's get Antonio Brown back. Let's get the band back together. Let's go repeat. He doesn't mind taking less, and – you have to appreciate that. Is Aaron Rodgers willing to take less? I haven't heard anything like that. Deshaun, is he willing to take less if he gets traded to a team that he likes better than the Texans? I doubt it. Brady always had that, all right, give me less. But then he also has that supermodel wife that makes yep. a, a buku amount of money, right? He also was always the best-selling jersey. Not to say that that matters, but I'm just saying it, it helps to make those decisions in a way. But you act like Giselle Bunchen is the one supermodel who makes a lot more money than an NFL player. These guys are NFL players. They are the cream of the crop of human existence. They are physical specimens, the closest to Hercules that we have. If you can't go out there and find a supermodel for yourself or an actress for yourself or a singer for yourself, Sierra, who makes millions and millions of dollars, maybe even more than you, that you that can also help supplement your income to take less on your team, you're not trying hard enough. No, you're right. I mean, that, sh- that shouldn't even be a discussion. Like, that yeah. sh- and I mean, if you're that one person, if you're one of those people that goes, oh, there's only one person in the entire world at $8 billion for me, well, fine. But especially NFL quarterbacks, they're not thinking that way. They're thinking, I'm going to get as much ass as I can. Now, if you're Deshaun Watson, you go trolling for IGHO 
and then you end up, you know, screwing up. I'm not calling his current fiance an IG hope, but she was a model, but she wasn't anything serious. There are plenty of Victoria's Secret models who make millions of dollars. There are plenty of Hollywood actresses who make millions and millions of dollars for every show they do, every movie they shoot, whatever. You can go find one of them. They'll return your call. Aaron Rodgers, engaged to a Hollywood actress now. And he was, who was he engaged to before, or who was he dating before that? Danica Patrick, who had money too. What's her net worth? I don't know. And Rodgers has made decent. somewhere around, what, $240 million, I believe, right around that range. Supposedly, he's going to have to get that six point. Six and some change, let's call it. I hate to even use millions and change for the, the, the signing bonus he already got at the beginning of this year, and then 23 more that would come. D- Danica Patrick's worth $80 million. $80 million. You tell me you couldn't be a homeless guy on the street and live nicely with her on $80 million, even with a high, fancy life? When I was Get dating Danica Patrick, she wasn't worth <laughs> she that much. Wasn't. I was interning here. We had just started. It was rocky. Uh, <laughs> but no, honestly, it's right, though. It's just... We got to give him credit, even on that aspect. Not only on the field, but off the field, what Brady did. It just, it, it's hard. That's why when people try to say, "Well, this guy, he still got eight years left," and then and you're thinking, eight years? That's, that's about what Brady is now." Yeah, what? Just because Brady played to that age, that you think that just everyone goes around eating avocado ice cream? I mean, you know that this guy, he he lives a certain life. You said he doesn't even eat cheese. Yeah, and he got. He got Aaron on that, Aaron Rodgers, and he he took a lot of heat because he plays for the Packers. They're all about the cheese, right, the cheese heads. But apparently, you know, cheese gives you inflammation, and that's a bad thing if you're getting hit a lot. I find this interesting. You you brought up, do players, should we expect they're going to play as as long as Tom Brady? Of course not, right? Like, nobody's going to be winning Super Bowls at 42 or 43 consistently. I saw a lot of smoke around the Browns should trade Baker Mayfield Aaron Rodgers like that was kind of thrown out there and all the Browns fans for the most part were like no we like our guy you know Rodgers is so much older but I do think if we're talking over the next three or four years Rodgers would give them a better chance at winning a Super Bowl I mean you could plug in Rodgers in many places right now according to odds though you have minus 150 that he ends up playing week one with the Packers and then you have teams like the Broncos they've been thrown around the Raiders yeah does any of that make sense to you? I know he, because of Jeopardy and because of his fiance. I know being near the West Coast is something that interests him for sure. I mean, the Raiders, that offensive line is garbage. He's going to be hurt so fast. That doesn't make sense to me. At least in Denver, man, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and, and Noah Fan. I mean, there's a lot of weapons on that team. If we were uh, degenerates... <laughs> Then this is what would have mattered to us. Broncos at two to one, Raiders at six to one. Then it goes Saints, Panthers, Dolphins. Any of those ring a bell. That's what to me, it's hard to even because you, to me, you can put them on pretty much any of these squads. How many teams in the NFL can you just say, nah, he wouldn't fit there? You know, you make them fit. Yeah. Like, Aaron Rodgers. Like when Harden was available. Well, Harden wouldn't fit on that team. You make them fit. <laughs> you make, well, the, he, they're too do- ball dominant, Durant and Irving. You make them fit. When you, you got players like that, you make them fit. You're going to tell me, Rodgers, how many teams are you just really going to – Browns fans, that's why you're a Browns fan. It is. It, and <laughs> let me bring this back to the Texans. Remember when Peyton Manning had interest in playing here after his neck injury and after the Colts were like, yeah, we're going to take Andrew Luck, and they pushed him out the back door. And remember Kubiak is like, oh, I got Matt Schaub. I'd rather have Matt Schaub than take a gamble on Peyton Manning. Yeah, how'd that work out? And Schaub was like, did he say me? Yeah, are you sure? You've seen me play before, right, Coach? And then it, it does make sense, right, because Peyton goes to Denver – 
and, and win Super Bowl. And so you could think maybe Aaron Rodgers could go to Denver and win a Super Bowl late in his career. I mean, that is a pretty loaded roster. If Rodgers ends with the resume that he has right now, Aaron, do you have him in front or behind Peyton Manning? Uh, behind still. Because I and everybody will make the excuse that, oh, Peyton Manning, you know, the two times he won, he had an all-star roster, and he didn't really do a lot in Denver. All he did was not screw anything up. He had an all-star defense. He had one of the best defenses ever. Fine. He still did it longer than Rodgers, more successful. I mean, you get to two and you win them. Aaron Rodgers has gotten to how many Super Bowls? Yeah. And what Peyton – Peyton had like 50 touchdowns for the Broncos one yeah. of those years. I mean, he was a fantasy darling. Yeah. yeah. It, and remember, the record was here. Remember? Yeah, <laughs> of course it was against Let's not forget Texans. that. The record was – they stopped the game and they, they took the ball away. They put they, – they, 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 they made a, a statue of, of him right there. Hey, we're taking this back to Denver with us. I just – I'll never forget that game. I'm like, I'll be damned. The day of the record, it happened here. Yay, yay. So appropriate. It really is. It's just, it's so Texan. If you had to bet something crucial, though, we're not even talking about money. If, if somebody said, I'm a, you're betting your arm on this, is he going to be on the Packers at minus 150? You, you got to bet something that hurts, though. A kidney, an organ, throw an organ. Man, I, look, he's told all his teammates privately he's not coming back, according to Adam Schefter. <laughs> so, Aaron. Aaron could just retire and go do this Jeopardy gig. He has enough money. He does. You know, so he just seems like one of those. And remember in his personal life, hasn't he like cut off most of his family? He doesn't so even they, talk they don't to even his talk. So, I mean, this dude seems like when he's dug in, he's dug in. He's about to cut us off. Hopefully yep. you don't cut us off because we've got only a little bit over an hour. We've got some funnies. We've got a little bit of everything to get to because it's Moneyline filling in for the Blitz. That's Josh Jordan. I'm Jerry Bonos with a Z. Yeah, she left in the morning, done without warning, fun while it left. This is The Blitz. Oh, that sounds great. On ESPN 97.5. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. Welcome back. No Fred, no AJ. Just a bunch of knuckleheads in here trying to get you to laugh a little bit, trying to get you hyped for the night slate. I'm going to put a little bit of money in your pocket. I'm going to do it like this. We're going to go to the Mavs game against the Nets. And with a short spread, I think that there's going to be games or or points in this game. Why? Because totals that are over 236, 237, and this is right there at 235 and a half. So I'm going to call it so. I've been going over at 61% in the last month. I think it has a lot to do with the end of the year, end of the season, maybe teams a little lazadaisical on defense, and then also teams needing to win, teams putting extra emphasis on the end of games that you get those extra points. High total, uh, intense game. I believe that there's points here. Both teams get in the 120s, play the Mavs over 235 and a half. That's what I got for you right now. Nice. All right, guys, get those bets in. If you don't listen to the show regularly, that's what Jerry does. He's a great gambler, so if you're into that too, it's some good advice. Roll with it. I wanted to bring something up here about Deshaun Watson and the Texans. You mean booty back? Yeah, old booty back. <laughs> That's what they're calling him on the Twitch line. My man Dustin Bennett says booty back. Yep. Watson can't even sniff those jocks, although he'd probably want to sniff them from behind center. <laughs> yeah, so keeping that in mind, Rich Eisen basically thought, he, he, he did a show the other day, and he had Ian Rappaport on, and, and Rich... He talked to Ian and said, hey, look, the Davis Mills pick, that has to mean that 
the Texans are trading Deshaun Watson. Why would they take Davis Mills with their first draft pick if they didn't intend on, you know, giving him a shot at quarterback and, you know, moving on from Deshaun? But Ian Rappaport kind of pushed back and said not so fast. So let's listen to his reasoning for that right here. Isn't this an admission that he's not coming back? Period. Well, I would also say the Texans do have a lot of holes to fill. And look, with Deshaun Watson, they would be competitive this year. Without Deshaun Watson, I think we know which which way the season's probably going to go. Right. So, but here's the other. So, look, you take you know, take the best player, you kind of the most important position, and figure everything else out. But but here's the other part of it. From the general managers I spoke with, many of them do not believe this was a great draft. You saw teams just. We saw some big trades, big moves up with like fourth and fifth rounders this year. The kind of the likes of which we have not seen, right? Like Nick Casario, another good example, traded a whole bunch of late round picks for a receiver in I think it was the fourth round, whatever it was, mid round receiver, third round um, with the Panthers, where like statistically the Panthers really won the trade by a lot. The Patriots moved up big to take a defensive tackle from Alabama. Same sort of thing there are questions about whether or not those late round picks would actually make your roster just because the quality wasn't good. Mm -hmm. So if you're Nick Casario and you say, all right, I don't know if the, you know, cornerback we take in the third round is going to make our roster. He may or may not. The quality is not good. I have no idea if he's going to make our roster, but I know that the quarterback is going to make my roster. That's sort of another way to explain it because this was a draft that I think people don't think was great overall. So what do you think about that? That maybe the Texans are telling him that? Maybe he did hear this from other GMs, that the logic there is that the Texans weren't sure that if they took a corner with that pick, that early third-round pick, that he may not even make the roster. But if they took Davis Mills, even if he doesn't end up being your starting quarterback this year, he's definitely going to make your roster as the backup, right? So he figures if... If it's a crapshoot anyway, if we feel like the corners are a crapshoot to make the roster, why not roll the dice on something with the most upside, which could turn into a franchise starting quarterback? That's his logic. Are you buying that at all? Not one bit. <laughs> right? I'm not buying that. Whatever they're selling right there, I'm not buying it. We want to start digging into things like this and trying to make assumptions, and then I got a whole day I can come up with them. You know what I mean? Just... I think we're reaching. We're definitely reaching. We did, and you guys are going to want to check it out. We just shot it. Uh, I think it's going to be out here today or tomorrow. Sports Map, the uh, Sports Map YouTube channel, guys. That's where this will be showing up. But we talked to our own Lance Zerline, draft expert. We said, what do you think about these comments for me and Rappaport? And he said, I think it's BS. He's like, according to my research, you know, Lance does, he breaks down all the prospects for NFL.com. He's like, this is a good deep draft in the third, second, third, fourth round. There's a lot of good impact players. He's like, I'm not buying that. He's like, I, I can't imagine a GM told Ian Rappaport that the, the talent wasn't good in, in that area. He's like, I, I find that crazy to think that you'd rather gamble on a backup quarterback than somebody that could be your starting nickel corner for the next four years. He's like, I'm not buying it. Lance even, you know, kind of wonders like, you know, is did the Texans just kind of put that out there to to make everybody feel better about the pick? Or you know, he really wonders like who told him that this wasn't a good draft. That's what uh, they got to be putting it out there just to to make themselves feel better, better and make everyone else say, you know what, 
they do have a point where yeah. where the fan base is right now. Looking forward, maybe this is the best scenario. But we've also talked about what's the best case scenario for him this season coming in as a backup for Taylor. How many games does it go go by before he gets a shot? What does Taylor have to be? How bad does Taylor have to be? What if he's mediocre? Are they they're, they're hoping he's mediocre enough to where to, to the rookie could come in? I don't see that. So then, what what are they hoping for? If if Watson won four games with this team, then then what is Taylor supposed to do? So then again, so where do we go with this? Where where is the advantage of of drafting him here this high when you never he's not really going to have a chance to 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 show if it was a good even of choice or not? There's not even that's not even what you drafted him for. So then. What happens next season whenever there is value there around that same spot? And then you say, well, I'll take that quarterback too. Now we have two guys that we really don't know what we have, but we have two guys that we spent draft picks on on a team that has holes everywhere. See, that's the problem, right? Is I'm worried that they're going to be in this exact same spot next year, but they're going to have a higher draft pick because they'll have their own pick and the team will likely be terrible. And I think there is a good chance that they trade Deshaun and get a few first-round picks for him next year. So they're going to be in position to to be able to draft one of these top quarterbacks. But to your point, Jerry, they have to play Davis Mills this year. They have to have an idea of of what he is because they are most likely going to be in position to take a quarterback in the first round next year. And it makes no sense that you don't find out what you have in Davis Mills so that you at least know if you need a quarterback. So to your point, I'm thinking, man, by game five or six, he needs to be playing. No matter what Taylor's doing. I mean, obviously, if he's having MVP, but I'm saying if he's right. just what Taylor has been his entire career, serviceable, a veteran, he he has his moments. If he's just that, all of a sudden you just put Mills in. I think it like with Tua this year with the Dolphins. Let's say the team's 500. You know? Yeah. But you saw that with the Dolphins, right? You know, Fitzpatrick was doing fine. They still went to Tua. And between games, that's yeah. just, that was just so crazy to me for them to take an approach, like a baseball approach. We're going to go game by game. To me, a quarterback is is being in rhythm. You know, you find your rhythm, you get going, and to me, that was tough. It worked out sometimes for the Dolphins. I mean, they even they were competitive, but I just didn't like it. You know what's kind of difficult about that is, are the Dolphins even sure two is the guy? You know what I mean? Like, like they're going to roll with him because they don't have any better options. But the problem is, is he did play that many games, and they're still not quite sure what they have with him. So I'm worried that with the Texans here, they still may not be sure what they have with Davis Mills, and then you waste, an, or maybe not waste, but then you have to spend another top pick on a quarterback. I, I just I don't love the strategy that we talked about it on our show. I was like, why would you do that here? You don't have to, and you don't have that fifth year option because you didn't take him in the first round. So if he if he does turn out to be a guy that maybe you you do want to get a second contract with him. You don't have that extra year to make your mind up because it's only a four-year deal since he's a third-round pick. The Dolphins damn sure ain't sure about Tua. No. That's why he's somewhat on the table. You think Burrow's getting thrown on the table right now? You think uh, Justin Herbert's on the table right now? Even for Watson, uh, it's just it's just not. See, that's what I think the Texans are like, oh, Pep Hamilton, he worked with Herbert last year. He'll do that with Davis Mills. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like some people think that. It's just so easy. You think... If we really started breaking down a lot of these NFL coaches, they probably came in through the, some system, some, some college system. They've got connections, obviously, through some connected to players. If that was the case, then it would be like, hey, I'll go get you because we have that connection. 
we would have just that going on in the NFL everywhere, and there would be everyone would be successful. It just doesn't work that way. It, does it maybe help? Maybe there was something there. Yeah, maybe he throws in a good word and says, "Hey, I can make something out of him. Uh, I know what tools he has. Yeah, I can bring out the best in him." Yeah, but for a third round pick, whenever you didn't have a pick till then, that's what hurts. You didn't even have a pick till then. All these holes, and then you say, "Well, we got time, I guess, to waste. It's waste of time here." One hour left. You're listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. This is ESPN 97.5. Real fun sports.